Hallelujah. Come on, let's clap our hands to the Lord this morning. Father, you're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Well, I'm just going to be honest with you this morning. God worked me over last week. And I couldn't wait to get here. And I got a bunch of preach in me this morning. And I'm ready to have a move of God in the building. I don't care what you came facing. You don't have to leave facing that same situation. My, my, my. Doesn't it feel good in God's house today? Amen. You know, there's some services where you walk in and you go, God, I know I'm preaching to everybody, but there's got to be somebody specific I'm preaching to in here. And then you walk into those services where you, as soon as you walk in, God puts spotlights on people in your spirit. And you go, okay, now I know who I'm preaching to. And there has been three or four of those this morning. And I know I'm preaching to at least three or four. Don't know what you're going through. But I I just want to tell you, whenever you're ready, God's ready. Amen. God's ready. Whatever you're facing, whenever you're ready, the Holy Ghost is a gentleman. Most of you know how I operate by now. I'm not going to come grab you. I'm not going to come yank you out your pew and make you do cartwheels. Because the fact is, if you don't want to do it, I can roll you on this floor till your tongue's hanging out. But if you don't want to change, you're not going to change. But when you're ready, when you're ready, you move to God. And in turn, God responds to your faith. So whenever you're ready to get out of your mess, whenever you're ready to change your life, whenever you're ready to receive what God has, God's ready. Can we clap our hands to the Lord this morning? God's ready. Amen. It feels good in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Let's go to the word of the Lord today. Mark chapter 5, verse 35. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid. Only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, but when he had put them all out, he taketh the father. And the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entereth in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha Kumai, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years. And they were astonished. Everybody say they were astonished. 
with a great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it and commanded that something should be given her to eat. I draw my subject this morning from the last line of verse 42. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. I preach today the extinction of expectancy. The extinction of expectancy. Father, we come today needing a touch of the Holy Ghost. There are lives hanging in the balance this morning. There are needs. There are social situations. There are circumstances beyond our human comprehension that are operating right now in the lives of those people here today. I pray that a spirit of revelation would be granted. That the Holy Ghost would minister, Lord. That chains would be broken. Bands would be loosed. And that there would be a liberty of the Holy Ghost that would come upon this people this morning. Can we clap our hands to the Lord today? Hallelujah. Amen. Lord bless you. You can be seated this morning. Jesus Christ was more than just a man. He was more than just a prophet. Jesus Christ was a walking miracle. Never before had there been a conception without human intimacy. But the Spirit of God brought about a man. God robed in flesh. Jesus was more than a man. He was not only a miracle, but he was a man of miracles. Jesus established his ministry based upon miracles, signs, and wonders. And can I tell you today, he established the church on the same concept. As much as I love programs, as much as I love great preaching, the church was not built upon musicals. It wasn't built upon programs. It wasn't built upon great ideas. It was built upon the power of God in miracles, signs, and wonders. Well, I came to preach a little while today. People were drawn to Jesus, not because he was a great preacher, but because they saw blinded eyes open. In fact, when Jesus spoke to the people, he dumbed it down. He had to talk in parables just so they could understand. He could have given a theological exegesis on the Godhead. He didn't do that. But when people were drawn to him because they saw miracles, signs, and wonders. And more and more as people got healed, the crowds grew and grew and grew. This thing was built upon the power of God. Jesus understood that if someone's blinded eyes were open, everyone would be a believer in the power of God. They may debate what would come out of his mouth, but you can't debate blinded eyes open. You can't debate someone being raised from the dead. That is a testimony of the power of God. Amen. Jesus many times used reverse psychology. In the fact that he said, go and tell no man. Knowing that as soon as they left his presence, they were going to tell somebody. Because when God moves in your life, you have to tell somebody. You have to tell of what God did in your situation. 
Everyone that came to Jesus expected Jesus to perform. Or else they wouldn't have showed up. When they made the trek, however many miles, however long it took to get to Jesus, they were driven by one thing that was their expectancy in the power of God. This same expectancy is seen throughout the book of Acts as the apostles walk in the power of the Spirit. It was Paul that said in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, My preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power. Paul wasn't concerned of how well he preached. Paul was worried about the power of God changing your life. Can I tell you this morning, I didn't come with a great message, but I came with the message. It is the power of the name of Jesus Christ that can break your chains, that can change your life, that can heal your body. It's the power of the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. From the days of the apostles. Through the 1900s, the power of God was all they knew. They weren't worried about preaching dynamic, powerful sermons. But they would spend hours in prayer, tapping into the power of the name of Jesus. Azusa Street was a result, actually, of previous prayer meetings that happened at different locations. And Azusa was the combustion, if you please. It was the explosion in the spirit that spread worldwide. But it started because people in prayer meetings sought out the power of God. They would pray for hours and hours and hours. No one would be preaching. But if someone felt a word, they would stand up and they would give the word of God. And then they'd go back to prayer for hours. And it was just in the presence of God that miracles happen. Miracles don't happen as a result of great preaching. Miracles happen when you believe in the power of God. Hallelujah. As much as I love getting creative messages... Digging in the Old Testament, New Testament, cross references all that kind of stuff. That is nothing compared to the power of the name of Jesus. They held on to the verse which said, All things are possible if thou canst believe. Hear me today. If you can believe, God can perform. If you can believe that God can change your circumstances, then God can change your circumstances. God is not hindered by anything except our unbelief. It is the gate whereby the miraculous goes through. Either you're going to believe and the gate of the miraculous will stay open or you will unbelieve, you will, you'll be full of unbelief and nothing can happen. Hear me today, throughout the 1900s, somewhere along the way, modern conveniences and luxuries of life have replaced our dependency upon God. All they had was the name of Jesus. All they knew was to pray all night till the fever broke of the child. All they knew was to believe the word of God and said, if God, if you'll believe God will meet your need. And they prayed until groceries were on their doorstep. Can I talk to some elders in the building that still remember the days when all you had was the power of the name of Jesus? I was preaching recently at a church out in the, way out in the woods and 
this lady came on the last nights. She said all the way to the left, precious lady. She pulled me aside after church. She said, son, if the Lord tarries this year, I'll be full of the Holy Ghost living for him for 80 years. And my tears began to well up as she began to tell me of the things that God performed in her life. She said, my baby, I was at a camp meeting in, I believe it was Leesville in early 1900s. And she said, my baby died. And it was turning blue and purple. It was dead for right at an hour. And I didn't know what to do except bring him to the man of God. And the man of God prayed and my baby started screaming like it was a brand new baby. And God healed her baby. I'm talking about all you have is the name of Jesus. When all you have is the power of God, you throw doctor reports out the window because you have a great physician who said, I took stripes on my back so you can be healed. I came today to preach about the power of the name of Jesus Christ. It was, it was the invent of, of television and, and movie theaters that brought down the, the great Billy Sunday. When he would go into towns, all there was was God. All there was to do was go hear the preaching. As a result, the whole towns would show up and he would have large congregations. But when God was moved from a priority to an option, well, when, when they had something else to do other than go to church. When you have an alternative method to meeting your financial need. When you have your own resources of bringing about your miracle. God is pushed back to, from the soul dependency to just an option. Hear me this morning. God plays second fiddle to nobody. Either he's God of all or he's not God at all. And either we're going to trust him for everything. Oh, we're not going to trust Him at all. God, hear me this morning. God desires to move in your life more than you desire for Him to move. God is poised and ready, leaning over the balcony of heaven this morning, saying, if you'll just make a move, if you'll just believe the Word of God, if you'll just believe that I can perform, I'll take care of your situation today. God is only limited by our belief or our unbelief. Either we believe God can do it, or we don't believe it. Hear me this morning. This is not up for debate. It's the Word of God. And if you'll believe it, and hear me, your belief cannot be based on emotion. Like the old lady, I heard a preacher say one time, a lady came up for prayer, and he leaned down and said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And she said, I still hurt. So he leaned down, and he just shook her real hard, said, in the name of Jesus, and she smiled and she felt a whole lot better. We, we get all of the emotion attached to whether or not God can meet our need. Hear me. All you got to do is believe in the name of Jesus. Just believe in the power of God. I can walk up to you and say in the name of Jesus be healed and you're healed because it's your belief. You, don't have to, you can wear yourself out rolling everywhere and do all that if you want. But when it all boils down to it, either you believe or you don't believe. Either you believe God can fix your mess or you don't. The hardest thing for a preacher, you can ask any preacher, is standing in a pulpit watching people, knowing what God can do and wants to do, and watching them either respond or just reject. 
As much as I want God to fix your situation, as much as I want God to fix your mess, I can't come down there and make you believe that God could do it. I can't come down there and grab you. Well, I can, but it's not going to do anything. Either you're believing or you're not believing. That's the only two options when you come to the house of God. And this morning, God's saying, if you'll just believe, if you'll just believe my word, and you'll believe in the power of the name, I'll take care of the rest. You don't have to figure it all out. You don't have to try to figure out how God's going to do it. Because I've learned this in my short time. I'm always wrong. Every time I get a plan thinking this is how God's going to do it, God's going to come a different way. Just when I think I've got the answers, God changes the questions. You can't figure out God. You can't figure out God. And, And people over the past 20 or 30 years have relied on what they could figure out to meet their needs. And in return, if they would have trusted God, God would have done way more than what they did. And this shift in providers... With this shift in providers, our expectation is on the brink of extinction. People don't believe like they used to. We come to church, we shout, we do all that kind of stuff. But when it comes down to it, believing, expecting God for the miraculous, expecting God to take care of your need is not what it used to be. That's why all the pioneers are writing books about what God did and we're reading them. I want to write a book. I want to write a book about what God's doing. That tells me that there has been a shift in expectation in the past 20 or 30 years because all they had was God. And so they would keep a diary of everything God did. And now that diary is a testimony of the power of God. And if we kept a diary, it may be three or four pages. Because we haven't expected like they did. We're not believing like they did. Hear me. God's going to have a church built upon miracles, signs, and wonders. It's up to us whether or not we want to be a part of it. God built this thing on miracles, signs, and wonders, and the power of God. God's still the same. God hasn't changed. His power hasn't diminished with time. If he healed before, he'll heal again. He said, I am the Lord and I change not. We read this morning in the book of Mark chapter 5. With the, the man came to Jesus and the daughter was dead. Now, you have to understand prior to this setting, I didn't read it because of time. But they were on their way to this house when the woman with an issue of blood made her way through the press. And she touched the hem of his garment. And Jesus said, who touched me? And they said, well, Lord, everybody all around you is touching you. What do you mean who touched you? He said, no, somebody who had some faith came up and touched me. Somebody who believed, who had some expectancy in their heart, came and touched me. And the woman presented herself and told of her situation. She was healed and, and the disciples were just standing there watching all of this. Now, in my analytical mind I would think if that was me that I'd be on cloud nine this woman just got healed alright where's the I'll cast out a little I'll, I'll do it Jesus you take a break I'm ready 
So they go to this house and Jesus brought Peter, James, and John. Three that were with him. And then the Bible says he grabbed the mother and the father. So there were six people total that went into that house with that baby. And Jesus, Kumai, the damsel I say in the arise, she sits up, she begins to walk. And the Bible says they were astonished. Who is they? Well, three of the six saw the miracle. Actually, four, including Jesus. And they, after seeing what God just did, they should have walked in there expecting God to heal this daughter. They just saw the miracle. They just saw what God could do through his power. Yet the Bible says they were astonished. Hear me. As a generation, I believe we have come close to that where our astonishment is exceeding our expectation. And we are more surprised when God moves than when we come to church expecting God to move. Hear me, God will still move regardless of, of popular opinion. There are people that have come into churches that we would have labeled as a big zero and God let his power fall on them and they're preachers of the gospel today. They're missionaries. We can't get to the place where we're more surprised when God moves, where we're sitting back astonished. But we should come to church expecting God to do the miraculous. Expect God to fill someone with the Holy Ghost. Expect God. Expect God. I'm reminded of another setting in Scripture where the church is sitting there praying in the book of Acts. They're praying for Peter to come out of prison. And they're sitting there praying and praying and praying. And they could say they believed. But when Peter was knocking on the door, Rhoda went to them and they said, no, it's just his angel. Let's go back to praying. Now tell me how much belief they had. And finally when Peter comes in, the Bible says they were astonished. They were astonished. They, they were praying, but they had zero expectancy. They were going through the motions, but they didn't believe that God could release them from prison. Because when the answer showed up, they were astonished. They were surprised. Hear me today. It should be when you go to prayer that you go believing it's fixing to happen. God's fixing to take care of this. God's fixing to save my lost child. God's fixing to turn my marriage around. You shouldn't be caught off guard when God does it. You shouldn't be surprised when he does it. You should say, well, God, I thought you could have moved quicker than that. I believed it. God could still heal cancer. God could still heal your body. God hasn't changed. People have. People have. God could still fill people with the Holy Ghost. Hear me, you'll only get what you expect. I think I said it here before. I went to pray with a guy one time and I said, do you believe when God, when I lay my hands on you and you begin to worship, God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost? He looked at me and said, no. Thank you for your honesty, sir. You won't get the Holy Ghost this morning. But if you believe that God will fill you with the Holy Ghost, I've seen people, they were so hungry, as soon as they opened their mouth, they were talking in tongues. They just had, they were so eager, they expected God to do it. That's what God wants in a church is an expectancy in your spirit that God is still God. He hasn't changed. His power is just the same. Hear me today. 
God wants to move in your life. God wants to fix your problem. God wants to turn around your mess. God wants to be Lord of all. But he's only hindered by your belief or your unbelief. If you'll just believe today. If you'll just believe, be not afraid. Only believe. Believing is the greatest thing you can do. Just believe. You read stories of overseas prayer lines. They have thousands. All they do is speak the word of faith. And it's up to the individual to believe. They don't have time to go and give everybody a workout. They just raise their head and say, in the name of Jesus. And it's the faith of the individual, the faith of the recipient. That determines whether you get what you need from God. As much as I want you to get the Holy Ghost, as much as I want you to be changed, it ultimately is up to you as to whether or not you're going to receive what God has for you. It's up to you. It's up to you. See, God honors faith and obedience. That's all it takes to get something from God. Faith is indicative of expectation. Obedience is also a byproduct of faith. Because if you didn't believe, you wouldn't obey. And when God started dealing with me about this, I, I, mean, I was just a youth pastor. I wasn't a typical jeans and t-shirt, sit on a stool, sing kumbaya youth pastor. I went, I'm going to have a little church. I'm going to pray everybody through every time I come to the house of God. And so we'd have youth services that go to 11 o'clock, 1130 at night. And God started dealing with me about this because I remember old timers as I was a kid. Preachers would come through and say, if you need a miracle, stand up, shout hallelujah seven times and God's going to do it. And they just stand up, shout hallelujah seven times and God took care of it. And if they needed the Holy Ghost and the preacher told them to do that, they did it. And they got the Holy Ghost. And so God started dealing with me about faith and obedience, faith and obedience. And I, and I, had a, I used to have a, a black towel that I would preach with because I would sweat so much. And I... One, one night I said, God, I'm going to put you to the test. And I had some young people. They were great young people, but they were young people, if you know what I mean. Amen. And so I, I threw that towel down on the ground just out front. And I said, everybody in here needs to get a breakthrough in the spirit. Everybody in here needs the Holy Ghost all over again. And I said, if you want it, one by one, you come up here. And by the time you touch this towel, God's going to pour the Holy Ghost on you. And you're going to get a brand new experience. And then I thought to myself, Oh, I hope this happens. I just spoke it out over the microphone. And without fail, every one of those young people from 12 all the way to 25, when they stepped out of those chairs, and that's hard, that's a big deal for young people in a youth service. When they stepped out, by the time their feet touched that black towel, the Holy Ghost fell on them. Until 1130 at night, everybody was drunk in the Holy Ghost. All they had to do was obey the word of God and step on it. And God honored their faith. Hear me today, I don't have a black towel, I don't have a magic potion. But when I, when later on, when I tell you, if you'll step out, God will meet your need. If you step out, God will meet your need. It's not rocket science, it's faith. It's believing that God can do the impossible. Stand with me right now as the musicians come. Can we worship the Lord together just for a few moments? Oh, hallelujah.
Can we all stand right now all across this building? Nothing in your life. Not one thing, not one devil. Nothing can stop the power of the name of Jesus working in your life. Everything will bow and pay homage to the power of the name of Jesus. Nothing. I don't care what your, what your mess is. I don't care what you've been battling. I don't care how far you ran from God or you're running from God. It doesn't matter. The power of the name of Jesus can reach you. The power of the name of Jesus can change your life. It can change your mess. All you have to do this morning is believe. Expect God to move into your life. Heads bows, eyes closed right now. Everybody in the building, can we pray? I'm asking for some prayer warriors right now. I'm in no hurry today. I want to give plenty of time for people to think about what's going to happen in their life. You may have come in here believing that you're underwater, that the fire is too hot, and you're fixing to go under. I'm telling you right now, God is ready to move in your situation. Come on, everybody's praying right now. Everybody's praying right now.